Today's episode is brought to you by the Campaign for Black Male Achievement. Now listen, the current political and social climate, combined with the urgent challenges that our black men and boys are facing, demand that we act boldly right now. 25% of black children don't graduate high school on time. Compare that to the national average of 17%. Now if we compound the issue even further, black male graduation rate sits at 59%. Compare that to 65% for Latino males and 80% for white males, and you realize why CBME is a beacon of hope. They're the only organization right now making themselves available to those leaders and organizations that are underground, working to advance the cause and reverse this narrative for black men and boys. If you've not yet done so, I urge you today to visit tbpod.com partners. Learn more about the Campaign for Black Male Achievement. Consider joining their membership and investing in the future of our black men and boys. You're listening to the Trailblazers.fm podcast, where we'll explore the stories of today's successful black professionals, entrepreneurs, and leaders. Join us to access the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished professionals and come away with the know-how, confidence, and motivation you'll need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen A. Hart. Hey, Blazing Nation, what's up? Welcome to episode 164 of Trailblazers.fm. We are wrapping up our third annual Women's History Month series today. It's been an amazing month. If by chance you had not had a chance to listen to this month's episodes, we began the month off with a really inspiring conversation with Christina Lewis of All Star Code. We spoke with Jas Booth of Final Salute. Last week's episode, we spoke with Mignon Francois of the Cupcake Collection, a really powerful, inspiring episode. And today, we are wrapping things up and capping this series off by bringing back a past guest of the show. Some of you who have been with us from the very beginning, you might remember Marissa Renee Lee from episode 46. Back then, she was the managing director of the My Brother's Keeper Alliance. And today, Marissa is the co-founder of a platform called Supportal that makes it easier for you to respond when someone that you care about is facing a life-changing challenge. Prior to Supportal, again, she was with My Brother's Keeper Alliance. Prior to that, part of the Obama administration in several roles. And prior to that, she founded a Pink Agenda, a breast cancer nonprofit that raises money for breast cancer research. And Marissa is also a Harvard alum. So listen up, you're in for a treat and some black girl magic from an amazing woman who's blazing trails, right? The thing I appreciate most about this new venture with Support All is that almost all of us will have experienced or has someone around us near and dear to us who, again, is is facing a life-changing challenge, right? and is in need of a platform like this. So definitely think you're going to pull wisdom and inspiration and knowledge from today's episode. So I'll tell you what, I won't give away any more of this. I'll just let us jump in and dive in and hear from our featured returning trailblazer for today, the Marissa Renee Lee. (laughs) Hope you enjoy. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to have you back here. So much has happened since the last time we had you on the show. Yes. (laughs) And 
I believe last year you launched a health and wellness platform called Supportal, and we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But this episode actually wraps up Women's History Month. Oh, wow. And you know, I was wondering if we could maybe kick things off having you talk about some of the things you're most grateful for in your life right now, but also to like the women that came before you and maybe even are around you right now who are supporting you in the work that you're doing. That's a great question. It's funny. I have, so I have 11 girlfriends from college. We were all roommates. Wow. We stayed, I know. I, every time you say that to a guy, they just think, oh my God, what a disaster. But it was actually amazing. We're still incredibly close. You said 11. 11. <laughs> <laughs> 11. We, we basically created our own sorority. And so we're all still incredibly close and we have a bunch of different text chains. Mm-hmm. And one of them is dedicated to gratitude. And so today, some of the things I was grateful for, my health for starters, I spent a lot of time this past year sick, which was not fun. Yes. So incredibly grateful to be feeling healthy and able to get back to the gym and spend time outside. I'm super grateful for the quiet time I get in the mornings with my dog. I took her for a walk this morning and it was just a gorgeous sunset. And lastly, just really grateful for my husband and all of the support that he provides. Mm -hmm. You know, he has a wife who just comes up with these crazy ideas. And his thing is always, okay, when are you going to do it? Not why are you doing it? What are you doing? Oh my God, we're going to not have any money. It's okay. Like, when is it happening? Get it done. So very grateful for that. And in terms of in terms of women, you know, surrounding me right now, those roommates from college, you know, it's a daily struggle, as you know, trying to start your own thing and mm-hmm. trying to figure out so many different moving parts at once. And they've just been an amazing, amazing support network. And then the inspiration behind so much of what I do is my mom. And mm-hmm. especially as I spent some time dealing with my own health issues this last year, just thinking about how incredibly like strong and gracious and patient and faithful she was Mm -hmm. given how much time she spent sick and, you know, still managed to take good care of myself and my dad and my younger sister. So yeah, lots of things to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. That legacy. That's awesome. I think of you saying 11, 11 girlfriends and I'm thinking (laughs) uh, my sister is a lot like I have a few friends from back, you know, in high school and college, but I think of you, I think of my sister. She has like a girl crew like that have been rolling deep. Oh, yeah. Maybe like 15, 16. Oh, yeah. We have annual reunions. Like they're still tight. Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. So you're last on the show, episode 46, way back when. Yeah. You're like an OG to train. (laughs) Back then you were the managing director of MBK, my brother's keeper. And it's now been a little bit since you've stepped out of that role. So I'd love to maybe get your thoughts on what you learned from your time with MBK that really helped you to grow in life and in your career. And we can talk about the transition from then to now, right? Yeah. So what I learned, I learned a lot about what it means to be a good manager. Mm -hmm. You know, I hadn't really managed many people before and starting something out, it was just me in the beginning and then growing it to an organization with 17 employees and a $15 million budget. And through that process, having to learn, you know, what does it mean to be a good boss? And how do you do that? How do you develop those skills that you need to do that effectively? 
And while a lot of it comes down to treating people the way that you want to be treated, which is what most of life comes down to, there were also just a number of different techniques that I learned around time management and setting priorities and communication and over-communication. So yeah, I would say, number one, how to be a good manager slash leader. Another thing I learned is just the importance about like being intentional around setting priorities. You know, we were very fortunate in that we had this brand that people recognized. We had the support of President Obama, who's obviously amazing, that opened up a lot of doors for us. And we had lots of opportunities. And as you know, you know, we were working to try and improve life outcomes for boys and young men of color. And given the barriers that boys and young men of color are constantly faced with, there was a lot of work that we could do. And so trying to figure out, you know, like what is the priority for us and staying focused on that, you know, that was something that was really hard and just learning to have that discipline. That was a big lesson that I walked away with. Mm. Wow. So walk us through from then to now. What What have I been doing? What have I been doing? (laughs) (laughs) So I, by the time I was starting My Brother's Keeper Alliance, I had already been working for President Obama in the administration for a few years. And when I agreed to help form the alliance, I made a commitment that was for six months. And all of a sudden, I looked back and it was three years later. And I realized it was probably time to figure out what was next for me. Because at that point, I'd been working for the former president in some capacity for over seven years. So it was kind of getting to be time to graduate. The other piece for me was just, I have always felt like I wanted to do something with my past history and my time spent, you know, helping my mom, taking care of her, dealing with the grieving process, all of those things. And so, you know, it was sort of like, okay, we're merging the MBK Alliance into the Obama Foundation. It's been seven years. I have other ideas about other things I want to do. It's probably time to move on. And so I left my brother's keeper at the end of 2017. And in 2018, I both started some consulting work and I also launched Supportal. So it's been busy. I, you know, I kind of run on two parallel tracks because you have to still pay your mortgage even yes. when you are pursuing something you're really excited about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's crazy. It. It's crazy. You know, the thing I admire about young trailblazers like yourself, you've accomplished so much in a short period of time and your humility <laughs> kills me, right? <laughs> but your resume is what some people hope to accomplish like in a lifetime, right? Because we're not Stop. even talking about the think agenda, what you did with MBK, Obama administration, you're starting sports all now. <laughs> So much there, right? So, and I mean, right now you're in this new venture, but as you reflect, as you pause, because sometimes we, as entrepreneurs, as creators, we're looking at the next, we're always looking down the road, right? Totally. But if I were to ask you to pause right here and look at what you've accomplished so far, what are you most proud of? Professionally working for Barack Obama, you know, I mean, that just so amazing to have an opportunity to support the first black president. And for me, it was just a real personal decision. You know, I lost my mom, spent the first year really just deep in grief and anxiety and depression, and then finally started to emerge from that. 
feeling like, okay, I know from my experiences that life is short and in some cases can be super short. You know, I'm 36. My mom first got sick when she was 37. She Mm. was gone by 49. And so I was like, okay, you're 25. What if something like that were to happen to you? Like, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to work for the first black president and then just harassed people until someone gave me a job. The thing that I am personally most proud of is probably the time I spent taking care of my mom and making the decision and sort of shaping my life at the end of her life to prioritize her. You know, that's just one of those things that you will never have any regret around. And I just, I knew that I needed to really be there for both of my parents and making that a priority and career second, which, you know, coming out of a place like Harvard felt counterintuitive, you know, to all of the striving and the competitiveness and, you know, the focus on material success. But like, I just, I knew it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about your platform. It kind of, (laughs) right? Uh, you created this new platform called Supporto. Tell us about Supporto and why you created a platform. So as you know, my mom was sick when I was a kid with MS and then she was diagnosed with breast cancer right as I was graduating from college. She passed away about three years later. And through that whole process of managing her illness, managing her end of life, and then dealing with my grief, my father's grief, et cetera, I always felt like there are probably thousands of ways to make those difficult life moments easier for people. And one of my best friends who was around at the time, you know, knew my mother, one of the fellow founders of The Pink Agenda, she herself is a two-time leukemia survivor. Mm-hmm. And her mother is a two-time breast cancer survivor. So you know, I sort of approach things from the caregiver perspective, and she approaches it from someone who's suffered as like themselves perspective. And we've had these conversations for years, you know, how can we help people who are going through these awful life moments? Because it happens to everybody at some point, right? And so, right. And so we ultimately came up with the concept for Supportal, which, you know, we want this to be your go-to resource when something bad happens to someone you care about, whether it's death, serious illness, divorce, a miscarriage, you know, whatever it may be. We want you to come to Supportal and we will give you tips and advice for how you can support that person and also some practical goods and services and products that you can buy that, you know, while a gift isn't going to take away someone's grief if they just lost someone they really care about, it can help lighten the load a little bit. And we know that from our personal experiences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You might have touched on this, but how can Supportal help if we're trying to help someone during a time of crisis? So I would say you should consider Supportal, like calling up your friend who has had that thing happen. Ah. That's who Jackie and I are, unfortunately. You know, we've both had a laundry list of crappy life experiences that we are leveraging to help other people. And, you know, when we first sat down and we're brainstorming, we came up with lots of ideas. And ultimately, we felt like this is what we do. You know, when someone's somebody in their life dies or when somebody has a miscarriage or when somebody gets cancer, you know, we are the person who's on the receiving end of the phone call or the text message that says, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. What should I do? Do I call them? Do I text them? Do I show up? Do I bring food? And we give that advice and that is what support all us. Mm. So is that you guys providing blog posts? Is this videos? Like, 
how is that coming across? Yeah. So a few ways. So we have a series of blog posts across all of the key categories that I mentioned. So you can hear firsthand from someone who's experienced the kind of thing that you're trying to help someone else with, talk about what helped, why it helped, and why it meant so much to them. And then we pair those contributions with products or gifts that you could buy for the person who you're trying to help. So you're right, blog posts. There's also articles written by experts. So folks who are dealing with people day in and day out who are dying from cancer. We have a couple of articles from a woman who is a reproductive therapist, which Mm. I didn't even know that was a thing until recently. You know, but she can tell you this is how you should treat someone who just had a miscarriage and this is how to talk about it, et cetera. And then we also have recommended products based on both our research and our experiences. You know, we know things that people, unless you've been there, don't know. For instance, chemotherapy infusion rooms, they're always incredibly cold. I assume they have to be kept cold for some medical reason that I don't know but they're always really cold. So if you have a friend who's diagnosed with cancer and they're going to have to undergo chemotherapy, you know, you can get them a nice fleece. You can get them a cashmere wrap. You know, we think of things like that that aren't the traditional flowers and candy or, you know, fruit basket or whatever. Yeah, but that people can really use that will help them while they're dealing with whatever they're dealing with. Right. I love that. I understand why, you know, what's yeah. driving you to create Supporto, but as a startup And as an entrepreneur yourself, what does success look like for you for this platform? So success for me is when we get to a place where something bad happens to someone in your life. And instead of going to Google or going to Amazon and getting something random, you come to Supportal and you know, okay, this is the fastest way for me to get at something that that person needs that I can provide for them that will help. Right. Like go-to resource. Yeah. Yeah. Just, oh my God, you know, my coworker just had a miscarriage. What do I do? What do I say? What can I get for them? Just come to us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, as you share all of this, I'm thinking of the fact that, as you said, you're not just the founder, but you're somebody who at one point grieved, at one point needed the support of other people. So what's the best first thing that we can do when somebody that we love is going through an experience? right? Where they've lost or they need that support. I would say the best first thing is letting someone know that you're there. You know, there will be lots of opportunities over the, you know, days and months and years to buy them a nice gift from Supportal or to take them for drinks, whatever. But just letting them know in that immediate moment that you're there and you're available to them, I think can make a huge difference. You know, my childhood best friend, She had actually lost her father 10 years before my mother passed away. And my mom passed away at home in, you know, New York in the Hudson Valley. And my girlfriend was living in New Hampshire at the time. And she just drove straight, you know, as soon as she got the email at 530, drove direct from New Hampshire to my parents' house, you know, and that like, like that level of showing up, you know, you don't forget that. Or even the people who I wasn't really close to. There was a partner at the bank where I worked at the time who sent me an email saying, I'm so sorry, I don't know what else to say. This woman was twice my age, you know, very senior, worked for her, admired her. And the fact that she took the time to even just send that quick note that she was thinking of me and she was so sorry, like it meant so much. Mm. So yeah, so I think just letting people know that you are there for them 
reaching out, even if you don't know what to say, it's okay to say, I don't know what to say and I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. That's such a powerful tip to share because like I shared with you before, in the last few weeks, I've dealt with being in that environment. My uncle just passed a couple weeks ago and you know, I was in Jamaica and I'm, I'm around his kids and his grandkids. And, you know, it wasn't somebody that I was around as frequently. And, yeah. he, you know, he was dealing with cancer and is over the past couple of years, eventually had a stroke and couldn't speak. And so where, you know, there was loss, you know, I was at peace knowing he was in a better place, right? Totally. And, and not going through the pain and the challenges that he experienced. But talking to my cousins who I'm very close to still was difficult. Yeah. But to your point, you know, just being there, like the moment I found out it happened, you know, I booked a ticket home and it was, you know, an incredibly difficult time to find a way home and very expensive. But I was like, you know what? I have to be there. Yes. And, you know, just be of support. And that's exactly kind of what one of our cousins hugged me at the end of it and just said, you know, I appreciate you being here. And sometimes, you know, it's it's just saying as much, you know, I don't know what to say, but... I'm here for you if you need me. That's, I mean, like you don't, when you are on the receiving end of that, you don't forget it. You also don't forget the people who didn't say anything and didn't show up. Mm. So, Wow. Wow. So anything else you want to share about support? Tell us where we can access the platform and how we can support you. Yes. Please spread the word. That is the most important thing right now. You know, we are only a couple months into this. So just getting the word out there, getting people to check out the website and give us feedback on the site. On the site, you can share your stories if you have something that you would like to contribute. Mm -hmm. We'd love to hear from you. Also on the website, you can sign up for our newsletter and you should follow us on all of our social channels. We think we have some pretty fun and interesting takes on things like grief and illness and everything else that's difficult about life. And on social, we are at Meet Supportal. And what's the domain? Meetsupportal.com. Awesome. Awesome. Last question. We ask everyone, and you at one point had to answer this question for me, what's one action (laughs) that our Blazer Nation coming off this call can do this week that's going to help them to blaze their trail? One action this week. I think just getting really focused around whatever it is that you really want to do. You know, I have wanted to start something since I was a kid and started my first babysitting business in the sixth grade. Mm -hmm. And so just, you know, not losing that focus, no matter what you're doing right now, if you have that goal, that idea, that thing that you really want in mind, keep trying to find ways to get closer to it if you can't do it today. Marissa, thank you so much, my friend. <laughs> you got it. You got good, it. Good having this conversation with you again. <laughs> Same. <laughs> this is awesome. I'm Steve Nehart, and you've been listening to the Trailblazers.fm podcast. If you're not yet doing so, consider following Trailblazers.fm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and feel free to connect with me over on LinkedIn. Whenever you're posting stories or social media posts about Trailblazers.fm, be sure to use the hashtag TBPod and hashtag MissionFuel. We'll be able to see you and I'll be able to show some love. And in case you're not aware, our show notes for all our episodes can be found on our website over at TBPod.com. Now, if today was your first time listening, I just want to say big ups, enough respect for checking us out. You've made this Jamaican guy really happy that you're here with us today. 
And I'd love your help with keeping this black excellence flowing each and every week. So if you haven't yet subscribed, hop on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Search trailblazers.fm and subscribe, rate, and review us there. Be sure to browse through some of our past episodes. There are more than 150 published episodes now. And a little something is out there for everyone to help keep the knowledge flowing. We grow when you, as part of our Blazer Nation community, shares and invites your friends and family to listen to an episode you think might impact them most. We believe that someone listening to these inspiring stories are going to be moved to make significant changes that have generational impact for many others, both now and well into the future. Don't miss next week's episode. New episodes are released each and every Monday morning at 5 a.m. Eastern. Blazer Nation, go out today and find a way to rise above, go way beyond, and keep blazing your trail. <laughs>